Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us here on a Thursday morning, right off the top at 6 o'clock, for an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning North Salmon is extradited back to Florida, and United Airlines CEO is skipping a speech in Jacksonville. I wonder why. We'll have the details in one minute. And we're celebrating the promise and the genius of Trump. But there's one thing that worries me. We'll talk about it next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Thursday morning at 6.01 on News Radio 1025. The wife of the Pulse nightclub shooter is back in Florida to face conspiracy charges in last year's massacre at the gay nightclub. Nurse Salman pled not guilty yesterday in Orlando federal court to charges that she helped her husband plan and execute the June 12, 2016 shooting that left 49 dead and scores of others injured. Salman was transferred yesterday from federal detention near San Francisco, where she was arrested in January. Her next court date is scheduled next week, and her trial is scheduled to begin June 5th, nearly a year to the day after the mass killing. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The CEO of United Airlines has canceled a planned speech in Jacksonville amid a public relations fiasco. Chief Airline Executive Oscar Munoz will not deliver his scheduled speech today at the World Affairs Council at Jacksonville University's Davis College of Business. The cancellation comes as United Airlines suffers a drop in stock value Evaluation following that video showing Kentucky doctor David Dow being dragged off an overbooked flight. The confrontation happened Sunday at Chicago's O'Hare International Airport. Munoz issued a public apology for Dow's treatment, but in the meantime, Dow and his attorneys will hold a press conference today. Overseas, new satellite images show that North Korea's nuclear test site is, quote, primed and ready for a new test. That's what experts at the North Korea analysis website 38 North say. The images recorded yesterday show new activity in some areas of the site and continuing activity in others. The analysts at 38 North say activity over the past six weeks indicate North Korea is making final preparations for a sixth nuclear test. 38 North analysts correctly predicted North Korea's last nuclear test in September of last year. Back home, Markeith Lloyd has denied a request to be represented by an expert death penalty attorney from Miami. Circuit Judge uh, Frederick Lawton declined the double murder suspect the chance to be defended by Miami attorney Terrence Lenneman, who has a noted reputation for getting his clients reduced sentences. Lloyd yesterday accepted representation from Judd Lawton's appointed standby attorney, Roger Whedon. Whedon told the judge that he is seeking Lenneman as co-defense counsel for Lloyd in the trial for the killing of Lloyd's pregnant ex-girlfriend and an Orlando police lieutenant. Still local news and a sad story at that. An Orange County teen is dead from a suspected murder. The Orange County Sheriff's Office said 15-year-old Melanie Messon Medina was found dead yesterday at Ziegler Road near Orange Blossom Trail. That's not far from the Florida Mall. Orange County Public Schools officials say the 8th grader was withdrawn from Corner Lake Middle School just days before she was found. A passerby located the fully clothed body of Messon Medina, apparently dumped miles from where she lived. Authorities believe the girl was killed by someone who knew her. No arrests, though, have been made yet, and anyone with information is asked to contact the Orange County Sheriff's Office or Crime Line. State wildlife officials are investigating the shooting of a bear. The FWC received the report of the dead bear yesterday at Brookertown Park in Sanford. The Seminole County Sheriff's Office says the bear was shot. The FWC is investigating the bear's death as a killing 
which is a criminal offense punishable by a fine or jail time. Or unless, both. unless you do it during a bear hunt, and we only had one of those, I wish we would bring it back. But this is uh, interesting. Somebody's going to be in serious trouble under these circumstances if they catch up with them. Yeah, definitely, and rightfully so. And finally, Christians are observing Holy Thursday today. The day is also known as Maundy Thursday. I was just told in the newsroom that's more of a Protestant name is Maundy Thursday versus well, Holy that's Thursday. That's why a good Catholic girl might not have known it, right? Yeah, exactly. You I've never heard of that. that. Never. I always thought everybody called it Holy Thursday. That's just yeah, just well, what I thought. Well, we crazy Protestants, you know, we're protesting. Yeah, but you started as a Catholic. No, I didn't. I married a Catholic. Oh, you married a Catholic. Yeah. Oh, so you've always been Protestant. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Just checking. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's come so naturally, you know. It comes from protest. I'm. Talk show host, I'm protesting everything every day for a solid three hours. <laughs> Comes naturally to a Protestant. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Monday, Thursday, or Holy Thursday marks the Last Supper and Jesus' foot washing of the apostles. Holy Thursday, of course, followed by Good Friday with Easter coming up on Sunday. WFLA News Time 606. Check out News Radio 1025 WFLA's 50,000 watt front porch logo contest. We've got great prizes and some bragging rights for you at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. All right, Deb, thank you. The Deb Meister, the Bud Man, Yaffe in the control room. Bryce, screening your phone calls if you want to join in the conversation. And we got lots to talk about, local, national, international, you name it this morning. Our phone number is 407-916-5400. And our text line always open at 23680 as we greet you on a Thursday morning from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. So yesterday, I watched Trump with his news conference with the Secretary General of NATO from the White House. And I watched the Secretary of State Rex Tillerson with his counterpart, Sergei Lavrov, in a news conference over in Moscow. And I've got to tell you, there's a whole lot that is not getting nearly enough coverage here in terms of positive coverage. I was really impressed with the Trump team yesterday and um, and and I want to. I have some points I want to make in this regard. And there's one enormous red flag, though, that is being hoisted within the Trump White House, and I need to talk about that as well. Four zero seven nine one six fifty four hundred is the number. The text line two three six eight zero. That's just ahead, and we'll celebrate the promise and the genius of Trump. You ready to go? Four zero seven nine one six fifty four hundred. Text line two three six eight zero. We'll get to that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated as well here in just two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. You know, every time you turn on one of these cable news outlets, except for Fox, and even sometimes they're guilty of it, they just come kicking and screaming to saying anything positive about President Trump. That's why you need to come to the 50,000 watt front porch. I've got to tell you, I am so impressed with how Trump is able to. To work with people, work with our our um, allies, but also work with our competitors and our rivals and even our enemies on the world stage. Uh, he's a master negotiator and schmoozer. Uh, he's a he's a powerful, influential figure, and suddenly you realize things are changing. You know, Trump has been complaining 
about NATO for not paying their fair share for defense. The U.S. paying far more, and they're not paying enough, these other 28, 29 nations. And now they're all kicking in their 2% of GDP. And, and, and he was complaining that their focus was, you know, old-time Soviet Union Cold War stuff 30 years ago. It was all out of date. And now he's got him turned around and focusing on terrorism and the radical Islamic threat. Interesting news conference after a meeting at the White House yesterday with NATO's Secretary General and President Trump. Let's uh, listen to Trump on NATO and, uh, and how he has changed. He's changed his view because he has changed NATO. What do I think about NATO? I said it's obsolete because it doesn't cover terror. And it was a big scream, oh, Trump is saying it's obsolete. The Secretary General and I had a productive discussion about what more NATO can do in the fight against terrorism. I complained about that a long time ago, and they made a change. And now they do fight terrorism. I said it was obsolete. It's no longer obsolete. Yeah, and then the media said, well, that Trump's flip-flopping. No, he's not. He's not doing a 180. He's the one who engineered the changes, which is why his opinion of NATO has changed. Yaffe, that's what is not being acknowledged by the mainstream media that largely is invested in hating Trump. I love Secretary of State Rex Tillerson for years, had great relations with Putin and the Russians when he ran ExxonMobil as the CEO. This guy has a folksy Texas style but boy, he's a big, imposing man. When that face, he looks at you, he can glare at you, and he can quietly intimidate you. Um, he talked yesterday in his news conference with the, uh, his counterpart, Sergei Lavrov, over in, 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 in Moscow. And, uh, and, and, and here is a little Tillerson. I express the view that the current state of U.S.-Russia relations is at a low point. There is a low level of trust between our two countries. The world's two foremost nuclear powers cannot have this kind of relationship. You know what? And, and he got into it with, uh, with, with Lavrov, even though it was done in a rather calm diplomatic demeanor publicly here, you know, insisting that we know Assad was responsible for dropping those chemical weapons and Russia didn't have a problem with it, may even have been complicit, and that Russia did, in fact, meddle in our elections no matter what pushback Lavrov might have offered. I just thought Tillerson was terrific yesterday. And that is Trump's guy for Secretary of State, and I like what I see. But there's more that impresses me. Trump and China. You know, he has um, a Mar-a-Lago dinner and uh, 24 hours down in the Winter White House with, with President Xi. All of a sudden, he's dropping the missiles in the middle of the dinner there, but, but Xi doesn't seem to particularly have a problem with it. Trump says you want a good relationship with us in trade, China, help us out with North Korea, and it looks like China's going to do that. Yesterday at the United Nations Security Council, Russia vetoed a resolution that was condemning the Syrian chemical attack. Normally, China would have cast a veto as well. They did not. They abstained. That is the magic of Trump. And that time he spent, just 24 hours at Mar-a-Lago with President Xi. This guy is making things happen. There's one thing, though, going on reportedly inside the Trump White House that concerns me, and I need to share that with you here in a moment. But and are you with me 
on the promise and the genius of Trump and key members of his team? Do I have it right? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. In my opinion, there are two people more responsible than any other individuals for President Donald Trump becoming President Donald Trump. Kellyanne Conway, the communications director during the campaign, stabilized thing, was a great spokesperson um, and, and, and I think a huge influence on the president in a very, very good way. I think she was the key. His chief strategist, the old top guy at, um, at Breitbart, Steve Bannon, is the other. Now it is widely reported that Bannon is on thin ice and maybe on the way out. Trump has said some things that have been lukewarm at best and downright chilly um, at worst about Steve Bannon. This is the guy they cannot let go. This is the guy who positioned Trump with the base that got him elected. Rock-solid conservative principles, restructuring the federal government to get it off our back, deregulation, downsizing government. Steve Bannon is, is a tough guy. He's a flamethrower. But this, this is the guy who kept Trump focused and, and helped Trump attract votes that you would not have expected a Republican to be able to get. And he had a lot to do with the election of the president. Now you hear Trump say things to the New York Post and the Wall Street Journal like, you know, I'm my own strategist, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and saying essentially that, that Bannon needs to get along with uh, Jared Kushner, who's his son-in-law, married to Ivanka in the White House. They've got to settle their differences that are widely reported, and, 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 and they simply need to work it out. And I hope that they do. There are those who believe that they're going to can Bannon. They should not get rid of Steve Bannon. And if you voted for Donald Trump, you should root for Bannon being in his ear every single day. Yaffe, I don't even know anything about Jared Kushner. And the idea that his family is fine. But do you know anything about Jared Kushner other than he's a handsome guy who looks like he might have been the president of that good fraternity house in the Animal House flick? <laughs> yeah, I don't really know a lot, although I have heard he's a Democrat. Him and Ivanka, both right. been lifelong Democrats, you know, which I is mean, concerning. And then you got Reince Priebus, you know, who ran the RNC. He's kind of a rhino kind of a guy. You got to root for Bannon to stay in there. I, th- I think it's, I, I, if, if Bannon loses his power struggle here, you're going to see Trump slouch back toward the center. And we did not elect him to be a centrist Republican. Eh, see, I'm not a big fan of Bannon. So, What's wrong with Bannon? <laughs> Well, he's he's not really conservative. He's the one who really pushed back against the Freedom Caucus. So when the Freedom Caucus was fighting against the health care bill, he was really instrumental on that. And I think Trump makes well, actually I mean, he's, makes, he's my, well. Listen, he ran Breitbart for crying out yeah, loud. Yeah, but he turned it into a populist nationalist site when it used to be a really good small government conservative site. Yeah. But um, but I, I I mean I understand a lot of people like him for the firebrand thing, but I I've just never been a big fan of him. So you're okay letting Reince Priebus and Jared Kushner be in Trump's ear every morning without Bannon there as a counterbalance? I think that's a bad idea. And if Bannon is bounced out and he's bitter about it, he'll go back and run Breitbart, and he could cause real problems for Trump if he feels like he got a bad deal. Well, that's true, but two things can be true at the same time. I cannot like Kushner and also not like Bannon. So, I mean, that's just where I am. I know a lot of people— What are you, a Reince Priebus guy? 
No, I don't like Ryan's Pubis either. Well, who I do think, you like? <laughs> I like Mike Pence. <laughs> I think maybe you should listen to Mike Pence more. There you go. Well, I remember the Notre Dame students we were talking about yesterday don't want him to be the commencement speaker. They say, it makes them feel oh, unsafe, Yaffe. This, this, the Mike Pence is this scary guy out here at Notre Dame. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that was yesterday's show. And we also, can, I, 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 I did want to point out, too, that I don't, Bannon was not happy with the airstrikes on Syria as well. So that's another supposedly. That, that's another whole thing that's caused I think division in the White House. But yeah, him going from Bannon to Kushner isn't necessarily a good thing either. Lots more to talk about here. Um something that Bannon very definitely would be all about is deconstructing the bloated federal bureaucracy and government and Trump's budget guy on that in the next half hour. Powerful, powerful stuff. They're really getting the word throughout the federal bureaucracy from the Trump administration that uh, a new day has dawned and big cuts are being mandated. Stay tuned for the latest on that. All right, Deb, let's uh, get up to date on the news at the bottom of the hour here. Uh, A key player uh, uh, in the uh, Pulse nightclub um, uh, disaster here, the massacre, at least believed to be, is back in town. Yeah, and uh, the widow of the Pulse nightclub shooter back in the city beautiful to face terrorism charges in last year's massacre at the gay nightclub. Nor Salman pled not guilty yesterday, though, in federal court to charges that she helped her husband plan and execute the June 12, 2016 shooting that left 49 people dead and at least 53 others injured. Salman was transferred from federal detention near San Francisco, where she was arrested back in January. January. Her trial is scheduled to begin June 5th. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. State lawmakers in Tallahassee are getting down to dollars and cents. The budget drawn up by the Florida House of Representatives includes $200 million to attract charter school corporations. They're calling it Schools of Hope. But Rich Templin of Tallahassee says it's part of an insidious campaign to undermine public schools. They underfund our schools. They deny our teachers continuing contracts to drive down morale, to make their lives miserable so that they can step in and privatize them. Instead of dangling $200 million as a bribe to charter schools that don't want to come here, Templin says that money should be used to improve the low-performing public schools. A charter school company is getting another lesson in how the legal system works thanks to a new lawsuit. New Point Education Partners is being sued for not paying rent on the land where Windsor Preparatory Academy once stood. The lawsuit filed last week in Pinellas County says New Point hasn't paid rent in almost a year. New Point has also been sued for not paying rent at two other locations, and it was indicted last year for money laundering in Escambia County in Florida's Panhandle. Cleveland Cavaliers star LeBron James is launching a new public school in Akron, Ohio. The LeBron James Family Foundation and Akron Public School officials announced Tuesday plans for the I Promise School. Students who are at risk of falling behind their peers in reading and need academic intervention would be selected for the school. The I Promise School is expected to open in the fall of 2018. In sports, the Magic jumped out to a 21-point first quarter lead and had to hold on to beat the Pistons last night 113 to 109. The season finale, the Magic are out of the playoffs for a fifth straight year. In the meantime, the Lakeland Magic is the new name of the Magic's D-League affiliate. Others receiving multiple votes in the name the team contest were Alchemy, Dragons, Illusion, Lakers, Swans, and Voodoo. Voodoo? Voodoo. (laughs) (laughs) Better than the Lakers. 
<laughs> oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> We've sent enough of our best players to the Lakers. We're mm-hmm. done helping them out. WFLA News Time, 635. You can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Thank you, Deb. Right now, let's bring in Gina Cervetti, um, who is up in New York City, of course, in the Bloomberg Newsroom with our Thursday morning Bloomberg Business Report. And good morning to you, Gina. But good morning to you. Let's get right into it here, taking a look at the stock futures and what you're seeing and, uh, and highlights of yesterday's trading session on Wall Street. Sure. Well, right now the futures are trending lower, so it looks like we might be headed for a lower Wall Street open on this final stock trading day of the week for the U.S. markets. Now, yesterday stocks did fall as investors continued to assess geopolitical developments. The S&P was down nine points or four-tenths percent to 2345. The Dow fell 59 to 20,592. And the Nasdaq was lower by 31 points to 5836. And um, there are some things that Bloomberg has their eyes on for today that investors Mm -hmm. will find interesting. What have you got? Well, a lot of banks are reporting their earnings today. We'll hear from PNC Financial, J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup, and Wells Fargo. And we have some economic reports, too, those on wholesale prices, jobless claims, and consumer sentiment. And I should also point out that even though the stock market's closed tomorrow, there are some economic reports that will be out tomorrow, and that includes retail sales. And we know the United Airlines stock prices have taken a hit in recent days off that absolute fiasco with a man being dragged off that airline that was overbooked. They're trying to make amends. What's the latest you have on that? Well, the stock did fall another 1% yesterday, bud, but United Airlines says it will reimburse all passengers who were on that plane where the doctor was forcibly removed from the aircraft and seen on video that's gone viral. There were about 70 passengers on board the United Express plane in Chicago. And also, angry United customers can also vent their fury at the CEO's pocketbook if they would like to. United ties about $500,000 of CEO Oscar Munoz's annual bonus to customer satisfaction questionnaires. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. But um, he still will make quite a bit of money, even if he's docked a half a million dollars. He has a 2016 target pay of just over $14 million. Oh, folks are going to be all over um, uh, registering their opinions, I'm sure. I would imagine. By the way, uh, Dr. Dow has a news conference today, and that ought to be interesting, Gina. Yeah. Yep, yep, coming up. Oh, the world's largest pork producer, Bloomberg is reporting, wants to use hog parts to save human lives. This is fascinating. Yeah, what can you tell us? It certainly is. Smithfield Foods, which slaughters more pigs than any other company, wants to save human lives by using leftover hog parts to grow tissue and organs for transplants. The U.S. pork supplier, which is controlled by a Chinese company, is creating Smithfield Bioscience, a division that will use byproducts from its meat operations for use in the pharmaceutical and medical industries. It already sells products used in drugs to treat conditions such as indigestion and hypothyroidism. Fascinating. And before you go, folks have been waiting for Samsung's new virtual assistant. What's the update Mm -hmm. on that? They're going to be waiting a little bit longer for this new virtual assistant dubbed Bixby Voice. This is Samsung's answer to Siri and Amazon's Alexa. 
The feature was set to debut with the new flagship Galaxy S8 smartphone, which ships April 21st. But now the company says Bixby Voice will be available in the U.S. on the S8 later in the spring. Samsung has a lot riding on the S8 after that costly debacle involving the recalled Note 7s because of fire issues. Yeah, absolutely they do. All right, great stuff as always. Gina, I guess you are uh, off tomorrow because the stock markets are closed for Good Friday, so you've got yourself a long weekend coming up, don't you? All right, I certainly do, bud. And enjoy it. We'll catch you on Monday, Gina. Thank you. Enjoy your weekend, bud. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. In a moment, Trump keeping another promise, downsizing and deconstructing the federal government as we have known it. You need to hear this if you're into smaller government like we are. So stay tuned. It's coming up. That in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as we continue from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Good morning, Orlando, at uh, 639 right now. Let's uh, update traffic and weather in the next two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFM. I want the entire corrupt Washington establishment to hear and heed the words we are all here to say. When we win on November 8th, we are going to Washington, D.C., And we are going to drain the swamp. And that process really kicked into high gear yesterday. I want you to listen to Trump's budget director, Mick Mulvaney, the old congressman from South Carolina and a really strong conservative who really impresses me every time he steps in front of a camera. Here he is yesterday on his 14-page memo that he sent out at Trump's direction to government agencies from one end of the federal bureaucracy to the other, ordering them to come up with ways to cut costs. It is the sequel to Trump's federal government hiring freeze he ordered in January. The hiring freeze was sort of a way to just stop everything from going on while the new management team came in. It's not unusual in a business, and it's not unusual in a government when the new team comes in to sort of step back and say, okay, let's, let's stop hiring and see where we are. And now that we've had a couple of months to look at it, we've now come up and said, look, all right, here's what we're going to do. Some folks are going to be allowed to hire back, especially in areas where the president has priorities that he wants to do more. Mm -hmm. But in other areas where he wants to do less, and that's a lot of the federal government, we're going to have these more strategic surgical reductions in the workforce as opposed to that across-the-board hiring freeze that we had in January. President Trump's budget director, Mick Mulvaney. Now, the president and his team say that they want our input, too, on how to make the federal government more efficient and user-friendly for we, the people. Mulvaney says we can go to the website whitehouse.gov and give our recommendations and share our stories of interacting with the federal bureaucracy. A lot of us have nightmares with regard to that experience, don't we? It's a new day. He's really rocking them here in Washington, President Trump and his budget director, Mulvaney. Now, these agency heads in the bloated federal bureaucracy are going to be receiving a 14-page memorandum from Trump and Mulvaney outlining changes. Um, This is all in the wake of Trump's quote-unquote skinny budget released last month. Uh, They called for deep cuts to domestic programs and increase in military spending. The memo tells agencies to, quote, begin taking immediate action to achieve near-term workforce reductions. And it also instructs agencies to develop by the end of June a plan within their agency to maximize employee performance. Oh, my God, we're going to have to work harder in here? What? What? Accountability? What? Wait a minute, I'm working for the federal government. Wait a minute, wait, this is not the the way it's supposed to be. (laughs) 
Anyway, they got to take steps to reward employees deemed effective while working to improve or dismiss weak performers. Well, that's interesting. It's always taken nearly an act of Congress to get rid of a federal employee. Be very, very interesting to see how this plays out. The memo also calls for delivery by September of an agency reform plan, every federal agency, to shrink personnel. In other words, cut the number of jobs to accommodate long-term budget reductions outlined in the president's budget. At the end of the day, Mulvaney says this leads to a government that is dramatically more accountable, dramatically more efficient, dramatically more effective at following through on the promises the president made during the campaign. There's always been a lot of talk about, well, we got to get the federal government and the costs and everything under control, but I've never seen a more direct and aggressive approach to it. I think they can get something done here, Yaffe, and I am really loving what I'm seeing. This makes me very happy, bud. Makes me very, very happy. Good. Well, if if Yaffe ain't happy, ain't nobody happy around here. Exactly right. Exactly (laughs) right. So I'm in a much better mood now. Yeah. So how about you? Are you in a good mood about this? You've been screaming for us to get the cost and the size of government under control. Here it is. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what they've been saying inside the halls of these federal agencies in Washington? When they take a look at this 14-page memo and telling them what they need to do and when they need to do it. 407-916-5400 and the text line 23680. We're excited about this. Anybody else? What do you think? Let's talk about it. We are glad you're with us. If they find a guy, I don't think they ought to find him and lock him up. You just get an early start on the bear hunt we need to resume here, Yaffe. We had it for one year, and everybody freaked out because they went out and legally killed over 300 bears in about two days, you know, and uh, you, you got to pair the bear population down. Just, you know, you're thinking about teddy bears. You feel differently about bears. Uh, but the, the fact of the matter is these are wild animals, potentially dangerous. We know what's been going on with some you know, some uh, attacks on humans up in the uh, area in uh, Seminole County, Markham Woods Road near the um, the Wakiva Preserve there. And we did what we needed to do, like we do with so many other species. We managed the population through an orderly legal hunt. And then everybody panicked and officials panicked and dropped the bear hunt. They need to bring it back. And this guy just got to jump on it. Can I say the bear thing really is no joke? I mean, I've driven in that area a couple times, and they and you have big bears, you know, running through people's front yards and in residential neighborhoods. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it, <laughs> so it's kind of I'm I'm kind of with you there. Yeah, these are not teddy bears, gang. As much as you like to think that they're like teddy bears, you know, the budget director Mulvaney uh, in his 14-page memo at the order of the president to all of these federal agencies did not discuss specifics of the cuts. How many jobs are going to be slashed? I'm leaving it up to the agencies. They know what to do. They know what the deadlines are. The memo says agencies should eliminate programs that are duplicate, non-essential to the agency's mission, or are already carried out in some form by state and local government. This is great stuff. Also telling agencies to cut any program not justified by the unique public benefit it provides and to restructure programs to provide better customer service. Wouldn't that be nice? And the memo also tells agencies to explore new technologies to automate processes and result in increased efficiency and budgetary savings. Okay? They say, you know, it's not all going to be achieved, these downsizings, by layoffs, 
president has yet to fill a ton of positions in the federal government, and the guidance issued yesterday says, you know what, any of these vacant posts that are judged unnecessary uh, can be eliminated immediately. It's good stuff. I love it. Wouldn't that be something? Because the reason they haven't been filled is because the Democrats keep obstructing in a lot of instances. So <laughs> why don't we just get rid of the positions then? Why not? <laughs> works for me. I like that. Absolutely works for me. That would totally backfire on the Democrats. You're a Magic fan, aren't you, Abby? Yes. Yeah. Have been a long-suffering Magic fan? <laughs> you've got yes. so you've got so you got, i wouldn't call it that but yes. well it's been a long time since they've had a really good team worth rooting for they wrapped up the regular season and i've got some questions i want to know how magic fans feel about this perpetually mediocre to bad team and also how everybody feels in central florida knowing that we built a 500 million dollar arena simply to avoid the magic making good on their threat to leave Orlando if they didn't get a new arena. How does all of that feel, and how does that set with you, given the reality of where this franchise is? We're going to talk about it together. It is coming up. Hey, by the way, also coming up, our brand-new texting contest right at the top of the hour before Deb checks in with our news update here. It's the Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Get the keyword. You could win $1,000. And speaking of Deb, she'll be by here in just a moment among the top news of the top of the hour. Norris Salmon is extradited back to Florida and spring training and Airbnb. All ahead here on Good Morning Orlando, and we are glad you're with us as we continue from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Coming up on 659 here on News Radio 1025 WFLA and AM 540. Good morning, Orlando. As dawn breaks on a Thursday morning, we are delighted you're with us here for an update at 7 o'clock on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning Nor Salman is extradited back to Florida and the economic impact of spring training and Airbnb. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Magic fans, season's over. Did you get your money's worth? And are we getting our money's worth on that half-billion-dollar arena we built? Next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Thursday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 1025. The widow of the Pulse nightclub shooter is back in Orlando and pleaded not guilty to the charges against her Wednesday morning at the federal courthouse in downtown Orlando. Noor Salman appeared in a yellow jumpsuit before Judge Carla Spaulding with her standby attorney, Fritz Scheller. Her normal attorney didn't appear. Her Florida charges include aiding and abetting and obstruction of justice. On Thursday, April 20th, a hearing will take place to determine if the defense and prosecutors are ready for her trial which is scheduled to begin June 5th. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Home sharing really paid off during spring training this year. Florida's Grapefruit League involves 12 Florida cities, and Ben Bright of Airbnb says there really was a huge spike in home sharing guests, especially in the Tampa Bay area. That's money that's going directly into the pockets of people who, who live in these communities who are hosting, sharing their homes on our platform and the guests, once they're in town, they're spending money at local restaurants. So this is a really good thing. Good for the families that are visiting, good for the community. He says Airbnb saw a 33% spike in New York guests staying in Tampa Airbnb homes during spring training and a 
205% spike in Dunedin, where the Toronto Blue Jays spring train. Yeah, and you know, if you want to rent your home out to somebody, you ought to be able to do it. We talked about it. There's legislation uh, to try to shut down that opportunity in, in, in Tallahassee right now by special interests, but... Um, this, this is a good thing, and that's evidence of it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, in the meantime, fewer Americans are choosing to buy a home. As more renters are deci- deciding to stay where they're at, a Freddie Mac survey showed that 37% of renters in March did not know where, uh, when they expected to move into a home. That's up from 30% last September. Last month, 33% of those surveyed expected to move in the next two years, down from 38% last September. Results from the survey also showed that 55% of all respondents and 60% of those aged 35 to 49 said they were likely to stay where they're renting and not have planned to move, even if their rent increases. In a separate survey, real estate company Zillow found that two-thirds of renters could not afford a down payment which is exactly what was keeping them from being able to buy a home. Even in this era of near-record low mortgage rates. Yeah, exactly. And we're not likely to see those rates again anytime soon. I don't think so. And finally, uh, Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson is out and moving about after getting stuck in an elevator in Miami. Really? Carson was trapped for 15 minutes in an elevator with his wife Candy and others at the courtside apartments in Overtown during a listening tour he's conducting to hear concerns about federal public housing programs. Miami Fire Rescue officials got the elevator working again, and the Carsons joked about the mishap. Ben Carson also visited yesterday at the Liberty Square Housing Project and Florida Memorial University. Well, he seems like he handled it very well. There were some folks who would be completely freaked out if they ever got stuck in an elevator. Including our very own shot doctor, who can be heard over at the game. He won't ride the elevator. No, uh, not unless there are other folks with him. Yeah. He won't ride it alone. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of folks have that phobia. Mm -hmm. And especially in this building, bud, we had someone who got stuck just last week. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, they were stuck for like 15, 20 minutes. Really? Yeah, you could only see their feet dangling. Whoa, cut it out. I'm I'm not kidding you. What do you mean their feet dangling? Well, they, you, when you open the elevator doors, you could just see their feet, but oh, it wasn't okay. enough for them to jump out. And, All right. Yeah. <laughs> How did I miss that? That's why we have the Debmeister. <laughs> you handle the news, I'll handle the talk. You know, it's exciting stuff around here. Oh, it is. WFLA News Time 707. Read about a hungry eight-year-old who's also a surprisingly good driver. Hmm. Needed to go through what? the drive. You <laughs> See, Pay attention, bud man. Exactly. And a hungry eight-year-old <laughs> needed to go through a drive-thru. Turns out he's a shockingly good driver. <laughs> oh, boy. You can see the story at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. While you're checking out the eight-year-old driver, go to the same website, 1025WFLA.com, keyword porch. Find out everything you need to know to enter for fabulous prizes. Enter our 50,000-watt front porch contest running all through the month of April. We want you to depict any way you can by Photoshop, by drawing, or whatever what the 50,000-watt front porch, our show, looks like in your mind. Terrific prizes. Found out all about it. 1025WFLA.com, keyword porch. I expect them to be good, though. These, these drawing, the, whatever you have. Some of the entries are pretty those, good. Some I'm a little lame. I would throw those yes. expectations out the door, Mr. No, Yaffe. No, no, I don't know about all of them, but some of them are a little lame. I'm going to be the Simon <laughs> Cowell of this 
you know, you're committee. Tough. You're a tough judge. Well, yes. the good news is then it means if we, we don't have your entry yet out there, you've got an opportunity to win because we haven't seen any that really knock our socks off, have we? Exactly right. Well, exactly right. Socks came off, but not because it was good. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. Good deal. Go enter the contest on the website, 1025 wfla.com no, We've had Keyword a bunch Porsche. of different submissions. I haven't had a chance yeah, to have. look at them all, uh-huh. so some of them are pretty good. And, you know, as a former art major, I should put my money where my mouth is and not complain about someone else's offering if I'm not going to offer something up. Yeah. We probably we can't win the prizes, but, you know, we ought to take a shot at depicting the 50,000-watt front porch. You have been a frustrated artist for the longest I time, and I say go for it, but it's, right. it's something you, you know, you can't win the prizes, but why well, not, not going to compete against talent? an art major. Oh, I have please. no chance, yeah, Debmeister. No, I have no skill. That's why I'm in radio. <laughs> okay. We're coming up here in a moment. Uh, postmortem on the Magic season. Uh, another disappointing one for sure. Oh. Uh, I just wonder whether Magic fans feel like they're getting their money's worth or not. Not, and I want to know whether Central Florida feels they're getting their money's worth on this half-billion-dollar arena, which we built exclusively to keep the magic in town. We're coming up with that, and your calls will be welcome at 407-916-5400, text line 23680. We'll get right to it here. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated in just two minutes, of course, here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm a sports fan. I can't go to the magic games. Very few of them would be possible for me to go to because I can't stay up that late at night with the turnaround and getting up at about 2.30 to prepare for um, Good Morning Orlando. Um, you know, But I do enjoy going to events at the arena. It's a terrific venue. There's no question about it. The issue is, you know, particularly because it was built strictly to keep the magic from bolting and leaving town. We're essentially blackmailed into building this thing, okay? I mean, our... Are we, as residents of Central Florida, getting a money's worth on that arena? Are Magic fans getting their money's worth watching this team year after year be so disappointing? I mean, this year missed the playoffs. 2015, 14, 13, missed the playoffs. Um, First round and out in the playoffs in 2012, 2011. There was great promise in the first season of the new arena, 2010, uh, made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals before losing. And the year before that, in in the old arena, which we now bulldozed, even though it was only less than 20 years old, or it's a perfectly good arena, we bulldozed that thing to build the new behemoth to keep the magic in town. Back in 2009, that season, we made it all the way to the NBA Finals before losing. So um, on and on it goes. Now, I want to know whether you think we're getting our money's worth on this arena. There are some events that would not have come to Orlando, not magic, of course, but without the new arena. But there are a lot of events, concerts, etc., that the old arena accommodated absolutely beautifully. I mean, come on. Do you feel as though we've gotten our money's worth here? We're going to keep the magic in town for what? For this? They have a capacity of 19,000. The guys on our sports station, um, 740 The Game, tell me that they average really through the turnstiles about eleven or 12,000 a game. A lot of empty seats and more all the time. What does it cost to go to an Orlando Magic game, Yaffe, if you're a season ticket holder and you want decent seats, not courtside, but in the lower bowl, okay? Do you have any idea what that costs? Uh, I have no idea. I didn't know either. The sports guys tell me this. A season ticket is about two thousand per person for a decent seat in the local uh, in in the lower bowl. Okay, that's um, four thousand if you go with somebody. You're not right. going to go alone, right? So it's at least four thousand for two tickets. 
Park on site, $20 a game. That's $800 more per season. Food, at least $15 per person, 30 for two people. That's 1200 for the season. You're looking at at least $6,000 a year to sit and to watch a team lose perpetually. And I wonder whether Magic team, maybe they just enjoy basketball and the ambiance and the scene and all of that. I wonder whether they're beginning to feel like, you know what, I am not getting my money's worth here. And I wonder... The larger story, of course, is I was never a fan of the uh, new arena being built and all the money it costs, whether you feel we've gotten our money's worth for the half-a-billion-dollar arena built strictly to keep the magic from leaving town. Any thoughts on that, my friend? Because you're a big fan. Um, yes. I, I, you know, I, when I went to visit the arena, the new arena, it's really nice. It's great. It's too nice. We had to. We spent way too much money on that arena. We did. There is so much in that new arena that is incredibly unnecessary. Oh, it's just re- ridiculously nice, and it's because it was government funded, so they waste a lot of money and spend a lot of money they should not have done. I agree with that. Four zero seven nine one six fifty four hundred. We bulldozed a perfectly good arena, perfectly good. That was like seventeen, eighteen years old, built in nineteen eighty nine for the Magic. And now, to keep the magic, we had to build this giant arena. And look what we have in the Orlando Magic. Perpetual losers. How do you feel about this, fans and taxpayers? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. Thought it was a good thing we needed to talk about as our postmortem on another losing season for our Orlando Magic. If I were a Magic season ticket holder... I'd be exasperated after all these losing seasons and too often uninspired play by players whose names you don't even know. I mean, how much money are you going to invest in this team and for how long? I'm sure a lot of season ticket holders are mulling that over. Among them, Ed joining us from Eustis. You're on with a Bud Man. Uh, Good morning to you, Ed. Good morning, bud. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. You've got a great show. Been listening to you years and years and years. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, I've been a season ticket holder since 87, day one. And service, the personnel, everything in the arena has gone down for the last three or four years since, say, Van Gundy left. Yeah, you treat like trash down there. I, I, I sat in the VIP section, lower bowl. I paid 22000 a year for two tickets. Wow. And... Let me tell you, it's not like it used to be. You used to be treated like a an individual. Now, now, now that that is interesting. Why would customer service go down in a scenario like this? I thought they'd be bending over backwards to keep the fans that are still going happy. How do you account for that, Ed? They don't care anymore. Last night, I, we didn't see no more than five couples that we've known for the last four or five years that were real original season ticket holders. Every game we've been to almost this season, we usually go on the weekends, and it's everybody different. We don't ever see any season ticket holders anymore. It's people giving their tickets away to other, other people. Now, let me it's ask you, Ed. Ed, 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 are you going to renew next year? No. We're not going to. We've already renewed for next year, but year after that, no, we're not going to renew. Wow, Boy, you're done, huh? The Magic doesn't know what they're doing. They had a good coach, Van Gundy. Yep. They let him go because of some uh, superstar they started from day one, didn't know what he was doing. And now they got a coach that's doing trying hard, but the team doesn't work. You got two players that are playing one-man team, and they don't pass the ball game, ball around, and the other players are frustrated. Got it. 
Great call, Ed. Thank you very much. Wow. He's out. He's been a season ticket holder since the very beginning of the franchise, you have to. Twenty-two grand a season for his two tickets, and he's done. I what gotta, about it, guys? I got to tell you, that's that's a big problem. If they're not keeping up with customer service, yeah. especially with a losing team, that's a very big problem. Bryce, you're a fan, Magic fan. I am. I, I go to the games, and, you know, the arena's just not full. No, and of course not. They say that we sell all these tickets, but maybe it's just because it's such a large arena. It looks empty, and that just makes us look almost nineteen thousand capacity for the NBA. Okay, and uh, and the sports guys say, you know, they always tell you announce crowd. Okay, that's including all the season ticket holders, everybody else, whether they show up or not. Um, they say the reality is eleven to twelve thousand a game, so lots of empty seats. How do you keep on going to the games uh, and and? Watching mediocre, uninspired basketball, does, it, does that sooner or later take its toll on you walking out? Oh, it's another loss. 100%. I mean, it's the worst part is when I go to the games and the other team's being cheered on. I mean, you go to the Boston games and there's more Boston fans in the arena than there are Orlando Magic fans. And that's the whole idea of our arena, though. It's because people travel from all over the place to come here and they yeah. can go to vacation and see a game that their team is playing. You know, it's it kind of sucks. Like, our arena is... Not really for us. It's for other people. Oh, that's interesting. On the text line, Yaffe, what do you see? Uh, yes, so uh, one person says the magic money wasted. When they got as early draft pick, they wasted the pick on some international player who wasn't any good. Another person says um, <laughs> be like magic vanish. Thinks they're just going to go away. Another person <laughs> says uh, final game last night was sellout crowd. This is someone who's actually positive about the new arena. He said the old arena stunk. So really? he likes the new arena. I remember going to Magic Games, and I thought it was pretty terrific, mm, that I arena. You didn't like it? No. I mean, compared to other arenas wow. in the country, it was pretty bad. It was in yeah. a bad part of town. Yeah. Traffic was awful. Yeah. Really Listen, crowded. we made the be- my, my point is this. We made the big investment to keep the team here. The DeVos family was made it very clear, we're leaving unless we get a new arena. Now, why haven't they invested in such a way that they can produce a winning basketball team every now and then? You know, should be a two-way street. Doesn't feel like one to me. Here's Deb Meister once again. Uh, a lot of folks just joining us here midway through the show. Deb, let's get them all up to date, shall we? Well, the widow of the Pulse nightclub shooter is back in Orlando to face terrorism charges in last year's massacre at the gay nightclub. Nor Salman pled not guilty yesterday in federal court to charges that she helped her husband plan and execute. The June 12, 2016 shooting that left 49 people dead. Salman is staying in general population, according to a deputy U.S. Marshal criminal investigator. But the investigator won't confirm which jail for security reasons. No family or victims of pulse shooting victims were at yesterday's hearing. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. But I know, uh, well, I'm assuming you probably in charge of lawn care at your home. Oh, well, not exactly. We have um, a we have. Some folks in our, where we now live, I have been for years, but who uh, take care of that for us, which is real nice. Ah, so you don't miss mowing the lawn in August at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? That's a killer. That is. No, I don't miss that. That is. And another job popular among kids in the summertime may soon be outsourced to technology. Mm-hmm. Honda has announced a new robotic lawnmower called Mimo, which is expected to be launched this summer in the United States. The company said the Mimo lawnmower is run on batteries and was built on a combination of utilizing sensors and a timer to mow the lawn in a defined area. 
Interesting. Yeah, Honda's... I love this idea. <laughs> I hate yard work. Do you really? Yeah. Uh, most people, I would think, do in Florida. I mean, uh, this time of the year, it's nice, but... Just never been a fan. Well, Honda has introduced two models. Yeah, if you, if you didn't live in an apartment, you could get the HRM310, which will run for 30 minutes on a single charge and cost just under... Just under $2,500. Okay, I'm out. That's a bargain. <laughs> the HRM 520 will run for an hour on a single charge and cost just under $2,800. The price will go down. Yeah, probably. You know what? I, I It's not worth that amount of money to me, but the idea of a robot lawnmower who won't give me lip and talk back when I go out and say, <laughs> come on, you butchered the lawn, now fix it. That would be nice. <laughs> that w- It's kind of like a Roomba for your lawn. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. Yeah. It's a defined area that runs on a battery, so yeah. you just you know mark out the parameters and let Mimo do their work. Good deal. Now, uh, finally, people who plan to be space tourists will need to do some planning before liftoff. Blue Origin founder and CEO Jeff Bezos says that means using the bathroom before the flight. Don't let me get six mi- 60 miles above the surface of the earth and find out now you need to use the bathroom. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it, right? Yeah, uh, that's because uh, Blue Origin's new Shepard space vehicle won't have any sanitary facilities. That's why. But it's quick up, quick back, right? Well, Amazon founder Bezos hopes the reusable suborbital spacecraft his private spaceflight company has built and tested will start flying paying customers to the edge of space next year. But they're going to fly more than 60 miles above the surface of the mm-hmm. Earth. Well, they'll experience weightlessness and see both the curve of the Earth and the darkness of space. Let's hope that's all they see. Each flight will carry six passengers and last about 11 minutes. And for anyone who really has to ever use the bathroom... 11 minutes can feel like forever. I imagine there's one thing they're going to absolutely have to include, barf bags. Oh, without a doubt. No, I'm serious. Because oh, yeah. Because astronauts will tell you, you know, they all get sick to their stomach. And the first time without the kind of training they've had, got to have the barf bags. You don't need that stuff floating around. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, uh, no not don't at mean all. to be graphic, but for goodness sakes. I'm just thinking of everything that could be floating around in that flight's just made me just love Earth just a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> just a little bit. And uh, speaking of Earth, today might just be your day. In case you didn't know, today is National Scrabble Day. Love Any the game. Scrabble players here? I love the game. Yeah, exactly. Well, if it's not, if you're not really into Scrabble, that's okay. Perhaps you'll enjoy National Make Lunch Count Day. Okay. And in addition to that, today is also National. Wait, wait. You have to you have to explain the other one. How do we make lunch count? What it? I guess by having a healthy and nutritious meal. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what else is it today? National Peach Cobbler Day. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's, that's a way to make lunch count. See, there you that. go. There you go. You get two bangs, one buck. Maundy Thursday. Maundy Thursday. Or Holy Thursday. Holy for Thursday. Yes, yeah. it is. There you go. Leading into the Easter weekend. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. All right, Deb Meister. I'll good be deal. back at eight. Good. Is that a threat? Uh, no. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. That's a promise. Actually, it's a and little whenever, bit of both. And whatever news breaks here, from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We are with you here on the 50,000-watt front porch. Once a day, every day, and good morning, Orlando. We played a sound judgment game, and one of our listeners with the right answer wins a really nice prize. And... Bryce, let's talk about what's up for grabs on today's show. It's a pair of tickets to the 2017 International Christian Film Festival, May 4th through May 6th at the Wyndham Resort in Orlando. There's an opening night party, red carpet, award ceremony, networking, seminars, and they will showcase 70 films throughout the event. 
Go to www.internationalcff.org for details. Your producer ticket includes opening night party and movie, three-day movie pass, all seminars, award ceremony, networking, casting session, festival t-shirt, festival swag bag, and the program book. It's unbelievable. This is now the world's largest Christian film festival. We had the producer on right at this moment yesterday on Good Morning Orlando. There's nothing like Orlando's Christian Film Festival. Good, clean, spiritual, inspirational entertainment, and listen to all you get with your special producer's passes if you're our winner. 407-916-5400. If it's not your thing, there's got to be someone in your life who would absolutely love this opportunity to go to that Christian Film Festival, the biggest in the world right here in Orlando. All right, ready to go. For today's Sound Judgment, I want you to listen to White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer talking briefly about a reported feud between two key members of President Trump's team. We talked about this story earlier in the show. Then use your Sound Judgment and name the two people Spicer is talking about here, and you're our winner. I think a lot of it is overblown, what you see in the media. There's, the president has brought together an unbelievably talented team of successful individuals, whether it's in business, academics, government, um, and there's a lot of opinions. He's talking about two prominent key members of the Trump team supposedly feuding within the White House, and I mentioned them both earlier in the show. Let's go to line one. You're up, line one. Banner and Kushner. Wow, game over. Smartest audience in talk radio. Yaffe, why aren't the fans applauding? The audience needs to pay attention, Yaffe. Wake up, gang. (laughs) Congratulations. You've got the win. You're going to the Christian Film Festival locally. I hope you're excited about that prize. Hey, thanks a lot, bud. I appreciate it. You must be pressed for time today. Why do you say that? That was an easy one. Really? It was for you? I thought we were going to wait a while till we found an answer. I should never be underestimating the smartest audience in talk radio and people who actually pay attention to what's going on in the news. And I love it when one of you good folks are able to win the sound judgment game. So if you'll be kind enough to give me your first name, I'll pop you a note of congratulations along with those tickets, okay? Yes, Derek. Derek, D-E-R-E-K. E-K. Where are you calling in from this morning, Derek? I'm in Kissimmee at the moment. Excellent. Very nice. I hope you have a terrific day. Is it smoky down there or not so much this morning? No, it's not too bad. It's really kind of a pretty day over here. Yeah, it really is up here as well. Still a little bit rough with the smoke on the east side out there by 520 in the 407 and the uh, beach line with some road closures we've been following. Derek, don't go away. I'm going to have you talk off air with Bryce to make sure we make the connection on the prize, okay? Hey, thanks, bud. Yeah, always great to have you with us on the 50,000-watt front porch. I know that name. He's a loyal listener. Yaffe, you have to say, that could have taken a while, you know? Yeah, he got. I was surprised he got on the first try, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, really, really good stuff, and congratulations. Boy, I got to tell you, we got so much going on. In a moment, you're going to have an opportunity to win $1,000 in our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest right at 8 o'clock before Deb checks in with our news update. you got to listen for the keyword. You could win $1,000. And uh, Yaffe, we continue to get entries for our um, depiction of the 50,000-watt front porch. I named it years ago. 
um, that the show was the 50,000-watt front porch because the old-fashioned front porch is, well, we have the electronic version. It's where people used to gather and talk things over at the end of the day, you know? And um, and it is the 50,000-watt front porch. But you know what it sounds like, but people have a mental picture of anything that is on the radio. They all think they know what we look like, whether they've met us or not. And uh, people have a mental picture of the 50,000-watt front porch. So we're asking them, with great prizes up for grabs, to depict the 50,000-watt front porch any way they can do it. And it's interesting to see some of the entries coming in. Yeah, we've had some people do hand drawings. Mm-hmm. And eh, some of them are not good. Some what of would, them are what, really well, what good. What would you recommend if somebody doesn't have artistic talent? How would you do it? Uh, uh, Photoshop or I don't know. Yeah, collage. Maybe all kinds can of things you, do a you collage? can. Well, all kinds of. Well, I say anything you want. We yeah. don't care what it is. But if it's the best entry, ultimately you win terrific prizes, including your own Cracker Barrel rocker, yeah. lots of gift certificates, etc. Um, we will use your depiction of the fifty thousand watt front porch and our promotions yeah. going forward, which is pretty exciting. By the so, way, I can't really talk that much because I'm not the most artistically inclined ever <laughs> i mean musically maybe i guess that's yeah, you're pretty good on the drums but i i gotta tell you i understand that but you know there's lots of ways to get this done okay and however you do it to enter our fifty thousand watt front porch contest go to 1025wfla.com key word porch now the contest is going all the way till sunday april 30th right yaffe yes and yeah go to 1025wfla.com and i'll tell you all the different ways you can enter it's right there, and we'll pick a winner on Tuesday, May 2nd's edition of Good Morning Orlando. Speaking of Deb, she's checking in with the news and the update here in the wake of the Pulse nightclub um, uh, murder. We have the widow of um, Omar Mateen. She's been brought back to Florida to stand trial. The latest on Nor Salman in just a moment. She was in court yesterday. And the Senate approves the Southern Reservoir for Lake Okeechobee. Deborah Roberts with our news at the top of the hour from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. Good morning, Orlando. Good Thursday morning at 7.59. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning here at the top of the 8 o'clock hour as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, North Salmon is extradited back to Florida, and the Senate approves that Southern Reservoir for Lake Okeechobee, no more guacamole water, We'll have the details in one minute. That is nasty stuff. All right. Also, this is, in another way, nasty stuff. Mayor Dyer and a council vote themselves a raise and try to sneak it by us. Well, they didn't sneak it by the Bud Man. Next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Thursday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 1025. The wife of Pulse nightclub shooter is back in Florida to face conspiracy charges in last year's massacre at the gay nightclub. Nur Salman pled not guilty yesterday in Orlando federal court to charges that she that she helped her husband plan and execute the June 12, 2016 shooting that left 49 dead and scores of others injured. Salman was transferred yesterday from federal detention near San Francisco, where she was arrested back in January. Her next court date is scheduled next week, and her trial is scheduled to begin June 5th, nearly a year to the day after the mass killing. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Yeah, you're right. It would be one week shy because June 12th would be the um, the anniversary. anniversary, and undoubtedly the trial will be ongoing at that point, Deb. Yeah. And of course, that's something you'll be covering 
um, in great detail as soon as it begins. Absolutely. And of course, we'll cover her next court date coming up next week where they find out if they're going to be ready for this June 5th trial date. I see. So that that may be... um, uh, open to question as to whether we actually kick off the trial on the 5th of June. Yeah, we'll have to wait to hear from both prosecutors Mm -hmm. and defense next week to see if they'll be ready to go. The CEO of United Airlines has canceled a planned speech in Jacksonville amid a public relations fiasco. Chief Airline Executive Oscar Munoz will not deliver his scheduled speech today at the World Affairs Council at Jacksonville University's Davis College of Business. In the meantime, the passenger who was dragged off a United Airlines flight is signaling that he's going to sue the airline. David Dow filed a bill of discovery yesterday that demands the airline preserve and protect any evidence related to the incident last weekend. Dow, of course, forcibly taken off a flight at Chicago's O'Hare Airport after he refused to leave when he was selected to make room for commuting crew members. Dow and his attorneys will also hold a press conference today. And that's going to be very interesting to watch. We'll be all over it. I'm sure we'll be talking about it tomorrow. Yeah, when we uh, announce the new David Dow Airlines. <laughs> he may wind up with a piece of United oh, when this is I over. Oh, I bet he is. They're going to have a whole new logo and probably a logo <laughs> contest. Back locally, an Orange County teen is dead from a suspected murder. The Orange County Sheriff's Office said 15-year-old Melanie Messon Medina was found dead yesterday at Ziegler Road near Orange Blossom Trail. That's not far from the Florida Mall. Orange County Public Schools officials say the 8th grader was withdrawn from Corner Lake Middle School just days before she was found. A passerby located the fully clothed body of Messon Medina, apparently dumped miles from where she lived. And Orange County Sheriff's Office spokeswoman Jane Wattrell says the hunt is on for her killer. We uh, want the family to know and the community to know that Sheriff Demings has authorized our homicide unit to use anything they can, authorized any sort of spending to try to solve this homicide. Authorities believe the girl was killed by someone who knew her. No arrests have yet been made. Anyone with information is asked to contact the Orange County Sheriff's Office or Crime Line. And finally, the state Senate votes to spend more than a billion dollars on a reservoir south of Lake Okeechobee. Senator Rob Bradley says it will filter polluted lake water before it's released into the St. Lucie and Caloosahatchee Rivers. And that water that we were sending east and west had devastating effects on our coastal communities. Toxic guacamole water Mm. was dumped on our neighbors whenever it rained too much over Lake Okeechobee. The Senate may like the idea, but the sugar industry hates it, and they're trying hard to kill the bill. Well, they have messed up that biggest lake in Florida over the years in so many ways. It's a... You know, you think it's tough to rehab Lake Apopka. I mean, this is just a giant version of that. Yeah. Hopefully this reservoir will make a difference. Yeah, hopefully it will. WFLA News Time, it's 8.07. You can check out News Radio 1025 WFLA's 50,000-watt front porch logo contest. Great sway, great prizes, bragging rights for you. Yeah. 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. I've been working for a living for a long time. I've never been able to vote myself a raise. How about you, Deb Meister? I'm still waiting. Uh, And, you know, it's nice business if you can get it. I guess that's the way they do it uh, in local government. Of course, that's the way they do it in Congress as well. What bothers me is Mayor Dyer and the council have voted themselves raises that I think are somewhat excessive, but it bothers me that it appears pretty clear they tried to kind of hide this. Yes, they did. 
Yeah. Yes, they yeah. did. Yeah, well, they can't hide it from us. And we're talking about it here in a moment, and we'll see what you think. I've already got a red-hot property owner locally who is not happy about this. Uh, so we'll give you what we know, and we'll talk about how you feel about it in a moment. That and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So if you're the mayor of Orlando and a member of the city council, how do you slip a pay raise for yourself by the taxpayers? You slip it into another measure being considered at a council meeting and just let this slide by for approval in written form, never raised at the meeting, and never debated in public. That's what is reported that has happened recently. And the Orlando mayor, Buddy Dyer, has given himself a 5% raise he makes $186,000 a year, and the six members of the um, council get a 6%, 6.5% bump for their part-time work for $58,000 a year. Um, in fairness, Commissioners uh, Ortiz and Stewart voted against the increases here. Um, this really should have been publicly debated, and it wasn't. It was slipped into a measure uh, that increase the wages of union employees here in the city, and uh, I I don't know I don't know what the answer is here except to say this that you shouldn't be able to vote yourself a raise like that and particularly hide it from the public. Okay, plus five percent, six and a half percent. That is way above the current standard. If anybody is looking at the cost of living increases here, it really is. Do you remember what they did? Back in 2013, we really nailed them on this, and I think we played a role here on WFLA and Good Morning Orlando in, helping, in, in getting them to roll this back when suddenly the council was about to raise their pay and the mayor's too, 21%. Finally knocked them down to about 6%. Yaffe, it seems to me that you shouldn't be able to vote yourself a raise of anything more than whatever the accepted cost of living is. You just shouldn't. Otherwise, this somehow at least needs to get debated in public, and they tried to sneak it by here. Or or it needs to be something that is essentially, you know, put up as a referendum with the voters, you know, somehow, some way. And but yeah. I hate the idea they tried to sneak this thing in here, and um, they've decided how much more they are worth, and that's it. No debate, no counterproposals, nothing. Of course. That's how it works up there. Yeah, I I agree with you completely. You know. How much did you say he makes? A hundred and hundred eighty six grand. One hundred eighty six thousand. He's got a full full time job. The, the 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 commissioners, um, I guess considered part time fifty eight. So not bad, you know. Um, but he gets a five percent raise, and they get six and a half percent. Nobody had any say. Nobody even knew about it. Um, wow. Yeah. Kudos uh, to uh, the Orlando Sentinel's reporter Jeff Weiner for um, uh, reporting. On this yeah, here. they should totally debate that. In the Absolutely. Public, you know? It's outrageous. Let's go to the phone, shall we? Here, Here's John, who's a property owner locally, and your property taxes have gone up. And uh, I wonder how you feel about this news this morning on what happened with the council and the mayor as they sneaked in their pay hikes. What about it, John? Oh, bud, man, it, it really it gets me going. And I'll tell you why. First off, it's 186 that you know about. And I've got friends, I've got family high up, and let me tell you, the commissioners, there's money, there's there's grease in the palms going on. And I pay taxes in Orlando, and my taxes are, I compare it to what my parents pay, their house is three times as large. Yeah. And it is shocking how high our taxes are in Orlando. It's 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 insane. 
And to what do you attribute that? Poor financial planning. They These people, this is a big city, big liberal city. They don't know how to plan their money like, for example, uh, Seminole County. Taxes are half what mine would be. Good talking with you, John. Thanks a lot for listening and for calling in this morning, buddy. Thank you. Do appreciate it. Yeah, maybe you want to contact the mayor's office or the council here and let them know what you think, okay? Can't be doing it that way, okay? It's not right. It's just simply not right. Vote yourself a pay raise and try to sneak it through. Well, not only that, especially since, like, Orlando has some of the lowest wages, average wages in the country. So we're dealing with really low wages here, and then they're voting themselves nice raises up there. Yeah, yeah, nice. Wouldn't you love to be able to vote yourself a raise? Give me a break. They they need to come up with a policy here that you know, and let the sun shine on this and let and let people be debating this. Okay, that needs to be the rule going forward here and elsewhere in government. Vote yourself a raise and sneak it by, not sneaking it by us. <laughs> here on Good Morning Orlando, we care about your health and well being. After all, without you would listen to the show. That's why each Thursday at this time, we welcome our own Dr. Ken Kronhaus. Doc, always a pleasure to have you with us here on the 50,000 Watt Front Boards. Good Thursday morning to you, my friend. Thanks, bud. Great to be with everyone. Hey, I, I love fresh fruit, but I'm really surprised because of the sugar content in it about the news you bring us this morning. Let's talk about it. This is great news for everyone. Florida, the members of Florida, this comes out of PLOS, and I hear so many of my patients concerned about sugar in fruit, and yeah. I've been trying to strengthen the healthiness of it. What we learn is that fresh fruit and vegetables are healthful for most of us, but people with diabetes may avoid eating fresh fruit but because of its high sugar content. But this study shows that people who did not have diabetes at the beginning and consumed fresh fruit in high amounts, they had a significantly lower risk of diabetes, and additionally, those who had diabetes at the beginning of the study and consumed high amounts of fruit had a significantly lower risk of dying from any causes, as well as a lower risk of developing cardiovascular complications from their diabetes. So fruit, the sugar is fine. It's good, even if you have diabetes. And now you've got another uh, breaking health and medical news item here, especially for the ladies listening, Doc. Out of the journal Medical menopause this week, but hot flashes in younger women, they may be a sign of emerging abnormal functioning of the circulation system. This can lead to cardiovascular disease. Women between the ages of 40 and 53 who experience frequent hot flashes, but they may be at increased risk of developing heart disease. These hot flashes affect the inner lining of the blood vessels and thus decrease the ability of the blood vessels to relax. And guys, now it's your your turn to listen up, Doc. Our next item, please. This is confusing, and I'll try to untangle it. In a significant shift, a key health advisory panel plans to soften its recommendation against prostate-specific antigen, that's PSA, which is used to screen for detecting prostate cancer. Remember back in 2012, we talked about this, how the U.S. Preventative Service Task Force, they recommended that men no longer get their PSA tested. That recommendation was based on evidence that PSA screening 
but resulted in overdiagnosis and unnecessary treatment that could leave men impotent and incontinent. But wait a second. Now, after reviewing follow-up evidence, the task force is recommending that men aged 55 to 69 have a discussion with their doctor about the pros and cons of PSA screening for men aged 70 and older. The recommendations for no PSA screening remain in place. This decision recommendation in 2012 was so controversial. There were no urologists on this government board that came to this conclusion, and they took a lot of pressure and heat from patients and physicians, and I think they're making the right decision, admitting they were probably wrong. Appreciate you bringing this to us and your take on the changes that have been made here. Um, Interesting here uh, in your next item on the issue of desktop medicine. I'm not sure exactly what that is and how it may well be chipping away at patient care. What's this all about, Doc? This is has had Obamacare has had probably the biggest change in how you meet with your doctor. There's a screen in the room. Physicians spend roughly as many hours on computer work as they do meeting with patients, according to this publication this week in Health Affairs. But the findings are based on the daily habits of nearly 500 American doctors they followed. And on average, they clocked about three hours with patients and around three hours on so-called desktop medicine. Much of the desktop medicine was patient-related. However, it included prescription refills, medical orders, sending messages to patients, and writing notes about patients in their files. These progress notes alone accounted for an average of two hours per day. I wish I could get mine done in two hours a day. (laughs) I'll bet you do. Doc, the other day, Deb had an item on the news, and it was all about the development of this cancer-detecting gum. And I said, we need to ask Dr. K about it when the house call rolls around on Thursday morning. And before you leave, I'd like you to comment on this. Absolutely. A gum is being developed by an an Alabama company called Volatile Analysis Bud that's designed to determine whether a person has cancer. There are chemicals produced in the body. They're called volatile organic compounds, VOCs, and they are unique to each type of cancer bud. By determining which of these compounds are found in the gum, we can then hypothetically tell which type of cancer is present in the patient. The gum is still in the testing stage, so it may be too early to know whether any of this will work. There have been uh, hopes that smells and animals could all detect early cancer. None have really panned out. We could look at the urine, but hopefully this will work. We sure hope so. We'll follow it, Doc. Thank you so much. That's the house call from my doctor from Lake Cardiology, the one and only Dr. Ken Kronhouse. Have a great day, Doc. Catch you next Thursday morning. Be well, bud. Good deal. If you want to call and book an appointment where I go for heart care, uh, home of the BudScan 2.0 heart scan that most insurance will cover that will end the guesswork about what kind of shape your ticker's in, you call them today and tell them I sent you. 352-735-1400. 352-735-1400. Dr. K, nationally syndicated, is great Sunday afternoon show we carry proudly here on WFLA, 2 p.m. Sunday. Good day, health with Dr. Ken. Deborah Roberts checking in here in a moment with our bottom of the hour news update. Now, Salman is extradited back to Florida, made her first court appearance yesterday. And Burger King debuting an ad that turns on a Google voice control device. Interesting stuff, of course, as always, with Deborah Roberts next on Good Morning Orlando. Once again, a news update and sliding in alongside the Bud Man here on the 50,000-watt front porch, Deborah Roberts. Deb? 
Thank you, bud. The wife of the Pulse nightclub gunman is pleading not guilty to the charges against her. Nor Salman was in Orlando federal court yesterday. Prosecutors say she knew of her husband's plan, helped scout out locations, and bought ammunition. She was brought back to Orlando from California last week. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. I don't know if you've seen it, bud, uh, or if you ha- if you know of anyone who has one of those home assistants that are voice controlled. I don't have one. But I know they're out there. I've seen the ads. Very popular. Well, Burger King is uh, unveiling a new ad that activates a person's Google voice control device. Burger King. Yeah, that's got to be fun. Hmm. At the end of the 15-second ad, the Burger King employee says, Okay, Google, what is the Whopper burger? If the device is within listening range of the television with the voice search enabled... A Wikipedia page would be opened with all the details of the Whopper. Oh, 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 pretty sneaky. Yeah, exactly. The made of the ad was (laughs) made available on YouTube Wednesday and is expected to run on primetime television on select channels. I actually talked about this on my show last night and I asked Google what what's a Whopper. It took a while to get a good answer, but I guess some people are getting upset now because sometimes it gives an answer that Burger King doesn't like. Oh, really? I was hearing that people were upset because you're trying to watch TV and then the, you know, commercial and then it activates your, well, your Google Assistant and then, you know, the well, screen on your TV is taken <laughs> over by Wikipedia. Well, that's the point of the commercial. That's the point of the commercial, but that's not, you know, a lot of people are like... <laughs> Apparently that's actually a problem with a bunch of different things because even Google has commercials that say, OK, Google. And uh-huh. it can set up... There's a lot of different Google devices. My phone, you can say, OK, Google. And it comes up a, a lot of look for a lot of more a lot more companies to take advantage of these home assistants as a way of getting you to go look up information whether you want to or not. Yeah, I wonder. You know, that, that's a further loss of control. You know, and uh, oh, it, I think it's it, or is it just fun? I mean, what what if this is happening in just one commercial after another, Yaffe? What happens then? <laughs> I don't know about that. Can you imagine it's like nine commercials in a break, you know, or something, and. It's, Stuff's going off all over the place every time. I don't know. That, yeah, we'll have to see where this is going. That well, would drive me cuckoo for cocoa. Pops. I will say I noticed that you know, at least on my Google app, they want you to calibrate it to your voice. So before you start using it for the first time, they want you to say it, so it recognizes your voice over somebody else's. Sure. Okay. Don't so that for it. I think that's a way they're going to try to get around it, but gotcha. we'll see. It gotcha. could be, yeah, because I see a lot more companies going, that is brilliant, Burger King. Now we're going to do the same thing. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was fun. That's the thing. It. That's where I think this is going. Well, yeah. speaking of food and technology, yep. a teen's Twitter stunt to win a year of free chicken nuggets from Wendy's might become the social platform's most retweeted post of all time. Hmm. 16-year-old Carter Wilkerson tweeted at the fast food chain asking how many retweets it would take to get free nuggets for a year. The company response, 18 million. Wilkerson replied, consider it done, and began a campaign to get retweets. He's up to 2.7 million in less than two weeks. Wow. The record for any retweet in the history of Twitter. No, it's not President Trump. I was going to think it was Trump. A lot of people would. It was the nearly 3.3 million for a post Ellen DeGeneres posted at the 2014 Oscars. Remember the picture, the selfie picture she took of everybody and it was retweeted? Yep. That was, that's the record right now. The Reno, Nevada teen is basking in the viral fl- uh, fame. I love this statement. He says one of the Victoria's Secret angels retweeted it, telling him that she's going to take him to uh, New York and get him a Frosty. 
Poor Carter says he doesn't know if it was a metaphor or literal. <laughs> Go with the literal. <laughs> His mother is a breast cancer survivor, so he has created T-shirts for the campaign and says he's donating the profits to charity. Isn't that cool? Very nice. To retweet his post and help him get wait, free wait. nuggets for a year? Wait, what profits? I don't know. Why, how do you, what profits are you donating? I don't understand. He's not making money. He just wants free nuggets. I don't know. I'll have to check out his campaign and see. I'm going to go to his Twitter page, actually, and retweet his post. Why? You should know better to ask the free nuggets. He's a freeloader. Yeah, if he, you oh, should pay you, for his nuggets. If it were your campaign, what would you say? <laughs> Man, he's turning curmudgeonly. Yeah, he really is. He really is. Yeah, if he just yeah, a warning, you yeah, should know better nuggets. than to ask the Deb Meister a question she can't answer. That's sorry. not. That's because she's going to get you for I'm that. Sorry, <laughs> I really, but I was really curious <laughs> add because to my list. she doesn't put up, put up with his nonsense. <laughs> in fact, there's no profits. In fact, Wendy's is losing you know profit what? if they give free nuggets. Yeah, I'm very confused. I will be sure to not tell you if we ever have free food again in the newsroom because I wouldn't want <laughs> to deny true. you I'm, the opportunity to pay for your nuggets. <laughs> I, I have to. <laughs> I'm as much of a freeloader as anyone we else on there. <laughs> we all are. Yeah, if you don't show up anything else to do. <laughs> uh, he said it. He said it. He's a troublemaker. Now yeah, we love yeah. Yaffies. I'm out of here. I can go get some food. Deb, thank you. I want some chicken nuggets now. Tom Morgan talking sports right now on a Thursday morning and the long NBA season. Another long one for the Orlando Magic. Finally over, Tom season sub 500 but say that again we didn't have the mic on just for a second right at the beginning what five did you say? consecutive losing seasons yeah. no playoffs for yeah. the magic yeah. yeah but although they did win last night they beat stan van gundy that's something <laughs> to end the season with yeah right we should have him as coach i think i thought he was the best <laughs> i love Van. well gundy. he's having trouble in detroit that he had here you know people the players are closing their ears they're not listening to him so. yeah they ought to listen to him the guy's a great coach anyway yeah. So what was the record here? Eighty-two games, twenty-nine and fifty-three. Mm-mm. Worse than last year. Yeah, they had thirty-five wins last year. Who walks the plank off of this? I think Rob Hennigan does. The I GM. Think, I think the Magic told him before the season started, Bud, we've got to get into the playoffs this year, or else, you know, you your think job you may be is at gone stake. before the day's out. Yeah, I think I'm not the only one that thinks that. Most people believe that Rob's going to be the the scapegoat of another losing season. Yeah. He's had five years to build this team. They have been unlucky with the guys that they drafted, number one, who haven't developed into stars yet. They made some trades that haven't worked out. And, you know, three different coaches in the last three years. Yeah. So, you know, it just just hasn't been a cohesive uh, situation. So now you'll get a new voice. Let's see if they make an impact in the draft. You know, they'll probably have a top five or six pick. I'd like to see him get that De'Aaron Fox kid out of Kentucky. He's a dazzling point guard that can score a lot of points. Yeah, if he's available, Alfred he would Payton, be great. Alfred Payton has made strides, but he's just, yeah. I don't know if he's the point guard you know, that's going to make the Magic a winning team down the road. Okay. Let's talk Major League Baseball. Season's now in full swing. You're checking on the Florida teams for us? Yeah, last couple of weeks uh, we're getting into it. Uh, the Marlins are at 4-4 four and four on the year. Giancarlo Stanton starting to hit the home runs now. He hit two against the Braves last night. Uh, the Rays started off really well. Five and two uh, homestand. They've lost two in a row to the Yankees in New York. Uh, eight to one and eight to four. So now, you know, all the excitement about the Rays is kind of tempered a, a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's early in the season yet, bud. Yep, absolutely right. 
Masters Sunday afternoon. We had a real shootout and a showdown that was memorable in Augusta. Wasn't How it? about those missed putts though? Late for both golfers. Yeah, Justin Rose had that putt that was oh. right over the cup and How bounced out. How did that out. not go in? <laughs> and then Sergio could have won it in regulation, and the thing tails off at the end. I was kind of pulling for Sergio, but I Me thought, ah. If he doesn't win into regulation, I think he's going to lose it in, in uh, the playoff. But he didn't. No, he won it give, and finally gets a major. Give him credit for uh, standing strong there late. It was terrific. And it was it was tough having a Masters without Arnie. But what a tribute was paid to him at the first tee off on Thursday morning. We talked about it last yeah, week. Absolutely. First class all the way. Yep. A lot of uh, Arnie's mementos are still there. Mm-hmm. So there's still a presence of Arnie. You know, um, things not so hot for the Orlando Magic and their fans. But, um, boy, i got to tell you. Orlando City soccer is still on fire, isn't it? You know, Bud, uh, the Magic, the, the major league team in town, but no excitement. Orlando City, you know, lots of excitement, off to a winning start. They played well at home. They've dazzled their fans. They'll have another match uh, Saturday, 2.30. It's going to be hot, right? Yeah, probably. At the Orlando City Stadium, they sure. play the L.A. Galaxy. Well, it'll be terrific. And they sell out their brand-new stadium there. Oh, yeah. About 25000 yeah. It's an exciting event to, to, to watch yeah. them play. Yeah, it's a great with story. The fan, with the fan support they have. Yep. All right. Yep. Tom, thank you so much. All right, bud. Tom Morgan, Talking Sport. Yaffe, you and I were talking about the Palm Sunday massacre over in Egypt of the Egyptian Christians. You know, they've got 9 million Christians in a largely Muslim nation there in a population of about 90 million. And all of those people were massacred, suicide bombers, radical Islam, ISIS, and all of that. And now they have accomplished the terrorists exactly what their goal would be to completely disrupt the flow of life for their victims. And the news this morning in the wake of Palm Sunday with Easter coming up um, this Sunday. Yeah, that's um, they that's have a canceled big deal. services they, they, and all festivities. Yeah, that's a really big deal. I mean, that's kind of like what you said. That's almost like the terrorists have won. I was just yeah. actually reading more of it. They're saying they're canceling it out of respect for those who died in the attacks, but I'm a little skeptical. I think there's also fear involved that there's going to be more attacks. Oh, I think there's no question about it. I think. Yeah. That, and how would we feel wow. in a scenario like that? You yeah. Know, if your church true. got bombed on Palm Sunday, would you be in church on Easter Sunday? Maybe not, you know? Um, God forbid it should happen here. But at any rate, um, I, as I said earlier in the show, I watched Trump with the uh, NATO Secretary General yesterday in the news conference after a meeting at the White House. I watched Tillerson, the Secretary of State, with his counterpart in the news conference over in Moscow, and he got to meet with Putin because he knows Putin, and that was not a scheduled meeting. And and I thought it was really impressive. Uh, you know, uh, it, Trump has forced some changes in NATO. The other uh, countries are now chipping in their share of uh, gross domestic product toward defense. Uh, he's gotten them refocused toward terrorism. Mainstream media is criticizing Trump, saying he's gone 180 on NATO. He said that NATO was awful, it was bad, etc. Well, he's forced changes now, and he now feels that, you know what, NATO is focused where it needs to be, and people are paying their fair share. I thought it was just terrific. I think the president's been impressive. I think we're really seeing the fruits of his great meeting uh, down at Mar-a-Lago with the president of China. Uh, China abstained, did not veto the resolution of the Security Council of the U.N. yesterday against the chemical attack in Syria. Russia vetoed it. Normally, China would. They did not. China has said that they're willing to help with the North Korean problem. I think that's really, really impressive. Um, I like Tillerson a lot. 
Uh, he's got a great Texas folksiness as Secretary of State Yaffe, but he's really very well-versed, well-spoken, and he's tough as nails with a calm voice when he needs to be. And he can just intimidate you by looking at you when he chooses to do so. Yeah, he has been someone that actually has really impressed me a lot. You know, I, a lot of people had questions about him in the beginning, didn't think he had the experience for it and other things. But I think he's been doing a really good job. You don't get to run the biggest world corporation in the world, ExxonMobil, if you don't have something on the ball. Anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. I saw a lot of great things in recent days from the Trump administration that don't get enough positive spin in the anti-Trump media. Right now, I want to talk to you very briefly about getting the best in identity theft protection because the identity thieves are more cunning and relentless than ever. One scam after another, identity thieves stealing Americans' identities, running up the bills on their credit cards, wiping out their tax accounts, their bank accounts, their retirement accounts. This is a national epidemic and a nightmare. You need maximum protection that only LifeLock can give you. LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. If you have a problem with identity theft, LifeLock will have an agent working relentlessly alongside you to fix the problem. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock's the best. We've got it. Wouldn't be without it. Go get it now. Membership starting at $9.99 a month, plus the applicable taxes. Go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code LifeLock. That's LifeLock for 10% off on your LifeLock Ultimate Plus membership. LifeLock.com. Save 10%. See you in the morning. From all of us, thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.